0: there guys uh i'm james graham um aka howie i'm a part of the project esports uh podcast team as you know me from doing uh our podcast with both myself both myself dylan and andrew um that being said to provide more content for for you guys the uh the listeners uh we've started our own kind of pet projects uh doing stuff like not only uh, collaboratively but solo as well um that being said the first of mine is a interview with uh, somebody else who's also in the uh league of legends amateur scene um, Crono, um, a.k.a. Chris Harris. Uh, Chris, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Hi, guys. I am Chrono Chris, um, and I am the head coach slash manager for the Azio Esports Law Team.
0: Right on, man. Okay, perfect. So, uh, do you want to give me a bit of your background besides, uh, besides the, I guess, the, the lovely image we have? <laughs> I'm pacing <laughs> up for you, man. Give me, give me a bit sure. of rundown. Sure.
1: So, uh, I am, uh, 30 years old. I've got a wife and two kids who I love to death. Um, But I definitely love my video games. Um, I've worked a desk job as an IT manager for the last 10 years, so I've got a lot of business experience along with technical experience that I think helped me a lot with this role. Uh, I've always loved video games ever since I was a little kid. Uh, You notice my name is Chrono. That's a tribute to my favorite video game character from uh, a game from my childhood, Chrono Trigger, from the Super Nintendo. Great game. Definitely try it out if you haven't. And then... uh, you know, later on, I found StarCraft and and esports, and it just kind of it was all over after that. You know, I just fell in love, and I've been doing it ever since.
0: Holy shit, man! You are dating yourself, Chrono Trigger, and StarCraft.
1: Whew. Yep, I know <laughs> it.
0: I know it. No, it's all good, man. I'm I'm actually only four years younger than you, man. So I mean, between cool. you and me, there's not there's not a huge big a uh, huge gap. I think in comparison to uh, some of our counterparts, I guess. Um, mm-hmm we're definitely i think the the dinosaurs of the uh the amateur league <laughs> <laughs> <You're> probably right <laughs> so uh tell me like i mean you, so you get the wife the kids and you know like a, a decent it job uh what drew you to get into the uh the amateur scene besides i guess your was it your love for video games
1: Yeah, i mean video games got me watching twitch Okay. Right? and league of legends dominates twitch you know one day i, I never watched league of legends but one day uh well lcs was on i just turned it on and watched it and I can't even remember what the match was, but it was some really intense match where the, the casters were all screaming at the top of their lungs and it was hypey and there were pentacles and oh, yeah. I was like, Holy <laughs> shit, this is awesome. I need to get in on this. <laughs> so uh, you know, I got into league after that and uh, you know, promptly placed in bronze my very first season. Of course. Uh, as we all do. <laughs> I like to tell myself. Uh eventually worked my way up and and played in some competitive fives teams. Uh, played in a couple lands, formed some teams, um, and had fun. We we weren't, you know, competing at a high level, obviously, like uh, the teams we have now. But uh, of course, yeah. It it was fun for just like a, a little pet project, right? Um, and then uh, about let's say nine months ago, uh, I was at a land uh, in Kansas City, and uh, my team uh, had placed first and it wasn't a a hugely competitive land there weren't like a lot of great teams or anything but Mm -hmm. uh there was a sponsor there um that had a booth that was selling keyboards and that was azio and you know i approached him high and cocky off of our our win at the tournament of course (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and and just you know pitched uh a sponsorship you know asking if they'd be interested in sponsoring us because i was just looking to score maybe some jerseys or a keyboard or something
0: yeah oh yeah yeah Get a sneak but, in there, get the get the bank, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. Uh, and in all rights, they they probably could have and should have turned me down, but for whatever reason, the director there, uh, he he had mercy on me, and not only did he hook us up with uh, you know jerseys and prifs, but he also gave us like a full sponsorship in return for branding ourselves after Izio Corp. Um, so they would like. Uh, give us money to travel and attend lands and other cities for big competitions. So that's kind of what how Azio got started. Okay, uh, yeah. about nine months ago.
0: Nice. Okay, yeah, because I mean, I think you guys kind of showed up around the same time as we did, and that was like my big thing was like, how are these guys like? Where is this money coming from? Like these guys are going to lands and shit like that. But that's sick, mm-hmm. man. Like I mean, it takes. It takes balls to do something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, you you won the land, but I mean, even still, like, just to approach it, a a sponsor and just be like, yo, like, you know, just and just be straight up with them, man. That's uh, and again, like, I want to, well, I want to credit it to the win and probably the probably how you approach them as well. I'm assuming that was probably a factor. I mean, oh yeah, I yeah. mean, there
1: was definitely some butt kissing involved. <laughs> you know how it is.
0: <laughs> yes, man, absolutely, right on, dude. Um, so. I, I guess in regards to the uh, regards to the amateur team and as well as yourself, um, what are you? What do you? What are your personal aspirations, either for yourself, the team, um, but well, actually, you know what? Let's start with let's start with yourself. Okay,
1: yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I personally I don't have the aspirations of playing professional esports, but I would love to work on the business side of things. Um, I think I've got like a lot of skills that I could take from the day job that I have now plus my hobby, you know, which is running ASIO. Nights and weekends, um, just because I'm really passionate about it. And whenever you're passionate about a job, I think, uh, and you have relevant skills and and the drive, um, you know, I think I could just do a really good job and would be like my dream job. You yep. know, it's uh, <laughs> there's a reason I spend so much of my free time doing it for no money, right? <laughs>
0: oh yeah, well it's just that man. It's uh like I mean, any amateur is a, a labor of love for for sure. Um, mm-hmm. No no man, I think that I think I, and like I mean. I don't want to I don't want to group you with everybody else but it's it's like it's nice to see that that seems to be the um like the overall consensus for a lot of guys in NA amateur is like it's not just like like especially the staff right they they're not just wanting to be you know they, they don't have aspirations to be competitive they want to be a part of the business of you know of the coaching like they it, as long as they get in there you know what I mean
1: mm-hmm absolutely
0: no that's awesome man that's awesome so i guess moving away from yourself uh how about how about your your other love other than your wife uh what are your what are your aspirations (laughs) for Azeo? oh so if you'd ask
1: me this time last year i would say the aspirations for Azeo would be win the challenger series open Qualifier tournament and go into the challenger series
0: yeah but here we are man
1: and here we are. Yeah. Franchising has come through and the door has been shut.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: You're not you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, so we can no longer play our way into the pro scene. Um, and that has definitely presented a lot of challenges, but we have to adjust. Uh, and so our goals as an amateur org have kind of changed from, you know, let's take our team and make it pro, to now our goal is to just field the best amateur teams that we can and mm-hmm. develop our players and staff so that they can realize their dreams of going pro um, while, of course, doing everything we can to promote our sponsors' products as a thank you for everything that
0: they've done for us. Nice. So, I, I appreciate you, like, sliding that in there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I see how you got it now. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, so, like, that being said, now that the, the the collapse of the challenger scene, like, it's no longer a thing anymore. It's been fizzled physical- out... How do you think that affects the state of the NA Amateur scene? Because uh, this is a, I, I think, a hot topic amongst a lot of us in it.
1: Yeah, it it absolutely is. So, um, I don't think there's a talent issue. I think there's a lot of talent around, and uh, possibly it's even increased um, from previous seasons. But I would say that the biggest impact franchising has had is uh, the organizations that are around are all it seems like volunteer. Um, Just run by people in their free time. There's not a lot of investment from sponsors or, or actual business organizations that are looking to, you know, build a team and then uh, get them to GoPro because that opportunity is no longer available. So there's definitely a lack of investment now. And that lack of investment, I think, does cause the amateur scene to suffer a little bit um, just because a lot of those perks go away that we used to have and so maybe maybe some of the best players want to just focus on playing solo queue instead of playing competitive fives
0: yeah i mean that seems to be the kind of the feedback that i've received is just like if you want to be a player and you want to go pro screw amateur like screw amateur just play solo queue you know what i mean which Mm -hmm. i like and i don't know if you agree with me on this or not um kind of it develops some bad habits because I mean, like you, I think there is a lot to gain from playing competitive fives, vice just solo queue, just because it teaches you how to work with a team, right? And you don't get you don't get that in solo queue, right? Not to the same extent, I think.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, the when you play in amateur, especially at the highest level of amateur, um, like in the UPL with Upsurge, Surge, yeah. uh, you know, you are getting quality experience that you will not get in solo queue because it's much more organized. There's actual shot callers. You start to get a much better understanding of the macro game and objective control than I would say even in challenger uh, that you would see in solo queue. Um, it's it's also there's a lot of habits that you have to develop in competitive that uh, people don't pick up just in solo queue. Um, you know things like uh working together with your teammates to do the simplest of things like warding for example you know yeah. <laughs> maybe your support in your jungle go to ward together versus in solo queue just do it by yourself um or communication personally one of the things i struggle with when i play on competitive teams mm-hmm. uh versus solo queue is i can't think about my mechanical play while i'm also trying to listen to the calls that are being made and oh, so
0: yeah it's a, it's a weird dynamic to get used to right
1: yeah, exactly. It's it's like multitasking, and so you have to be able to process the information that's being fed to you through comms mm-hmm. and, and feed provide feedback back while you're also playing at a mechanically high level, and I think that's very difficult, and that's not something you would ever get playing just solo queue. Uh, that's something you will only ever get playing competitive fives.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, you can't... There's no way of replicating that in a solo queue game, right? It's... it's it, so yeah, it really... Do you think... Now, with that being said, do you think Clash is going to improve that i guess um that experience now that, that it's going to force players to play together and stuff like that do you think it's gonna you think it's gonna duplicate what the NA amateur wants to do or like you know
1: i've got high hopes for clash um i think it's one of those things where you go into it with low expectations but high hopes right yeah <laughs> yeah no that's that, that's fair man you uh, you hope that it's it's going to bring a lot of people back to the competitive side, the competitive five side of League of Legends versus solo queue. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but you don't like because it, but you don't like yeah. expect it to, I guess. Like you know.
1: Well, I mean, Clash it, it does a lot of good things, but it's um, still doesn't have the same type of organization as the amateur scene has. You're not going to see, I don't think, uh, the best of the best teams playing each other in Clash very often.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's fair.
1: So the, there's just not as much hype and obviously there's no streams for a lot of those unless it's like on some just personal streamer's channel no hype uh, shoutcasters so the the level of hype and and uh controversy and all the fun stuff that comes along with playing in an actual coordinated league uh clash doesn't necessarily have that but I am excited just because I think it's going to bring people back to the fives side of things versus solo queue
0: yeah where we where we have been absent with like you know ranked fives for so long right like I mean I think it is it is nice to see them try and resurrect that. Um, Yeah. Okay. uh, That being said, I guess with all our, with all our, our our talk of around the amateur scene, um, if you, if you, if you like, so basically I think we're both in the same spot where we kind of agree that it needs to be improved. It needs, it Mm -hmm. needs, it needs work. Um, What would you, what what are like some of your ideas Do you think for the amateur scene as your, as a whole, like I understand that you're, you know, you're, you're a part of one, one, uh, one team, but I guess for the for the scene overall, what do you think you would do?
1: What I would love to see for the amateur scene is uh, some investment from Riot. You mm. look at uh, the yeah. collegiate scene, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be financial investment, although that would be great, definitely.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: but you look at the collegiate scene in League of Legends, and I think it's it's very strong. Um, I don't necessarily think that the collegiate teams are better than the amateur teams. In fact, when we see, you know, the best collegiate teams versus the best amateur teams at LANs, you know, for these big $5,000, $10,000 tournaments, the amateur teams come out on top every time. I okay. don't think a collegiate team has won a single one yet.
0: I don't think so either. Yeah, to my knowledge, any any amateur scene or any amateur team that's gone up against a collegiate team, even even like even like especially even at the higher level, it seems to be severely dominated by amateur scene.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's completely right. And, you know, not to to uh, beat my chest about my own teams, but you, know, you look at the collegiate scene, Maryville is probably considered the best team in collegiate right now, with Columbia maybe a close second. Yeah. And uh, Azio has not lost to either of those teams. We've beat both of them in tournaments and walked away with several thousand dollars in cash as a result of beating those teams.
0: I mean... so. It- if you, if dude, if you if you get the Ws, I don't I don't I don't blame you for you know having being a little prideful. That's uh, that's understandable.
1: Yeah. So I'm proud of my boys. Always proud of them. But um, I I think the collegiate scene is the, the way it's organized is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not just the organization of the collegiate competition. Uh, and I and I don't think that we should take away the collegiate scene or merge it with the amateur scene or anything like that. I think we should look to mimic it in a lot of ways. Um, They had an event, I want to say, last weekend, uh, Midwest Campus Clash in Columbia. Okay. And uh, it was one of the most impressive uh, events that I've seen outside of an actual Riot-sponsored event in League of Legends. Um, The production quality was through the roof. They had a just great electric environment, uh, lots of booths, lots of fans cheering on their schools, um, the shoutcasters were great. Um, you know, they had interviews with the players, and they had a nice big prize pool, uh, and, and I was really impressed. And I think we desperately need that level of production in the amateur
0: scene. Well, I mean, yeah, dude, we're running off of you know we're running off of volunteer casters, volunteer production people. All these guys that are either or, or girls for that matter, because I know that a lot of a lot of upsurge is like uh, like there's Fanny and Chemi and stuff like that. Like it's it's a um, it's a very diverse atmosphere, and again, it's people doing it pro bono, you know, because they love it and they want to see it grow, right? So yeah, if we like, I mean, I I think if any amateur even got like half of what you know what collegiate right. got, we I think we could I think we could do something with it, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, my if if I could pitch it to Riot, you know, tomorrow, yeah, what I would say to them is, you know, if you can give us money, great. But even if you can't, even if we're looking at low effort stuff from you. You can still pump a lot of uh, life into the amateur scene for League of Legends just with the smallest things like retweeting from your official Riot accounts when big matches happen and the stream links, or if you can actually host a stream or have a Riot caster cast a stream. Yeah. Um, anything that brings viewers to watching these events, more viewers bring in investors from sponsors and. When we get investment in the amateur scene, we start to see those perks and those benefits come back that we've been missing since uh, franchising took place. Yeah. And then we get those players that are focused on solo queue right now to come back to the amateur scene. And I think you would agree with me that a strong amateur scene is good for the pro scene in League
0: of Legends. Oh, 100%, man. Like, like again, because... Uh, like. I think even even like even the slightest thing. This I think one retweet would blow the amateur scene up. I think it would like I think it's all either compete league or upsurge, and I like I'm, I'm roping in compete league because they do they do try they're like they're doing the same thing upsurge is doing, and they're another like uh, like despite the fact like I mean the max viewership for both both parties seems to be around 100 people. They are like another dominant. Uh, like you know amateur tournament but if either of those got like any minor backing from Riot like in the smallest in the smallest degree I think yeah man we'd see it blow back up and you would see these crazy ass players who are you know they don't want to do they don't want to deal with the you know all the stuff that comes along with any amateur um you know trying to schedule scrims and do that stuff but just playing solo queue, I think we'd see them come back because they know then they feel like they could get noticed in their organization could get noticed and then they want to represent somebody right
1: yeah, they get that visibility, and mm-hmm. that visibility helps them reach their personal goals of becoming pro. So, yeah, I mean, I, there's there's just so much that they could do, even with minimal effort, that could really help the amateur scene uh, get to a better spot than where they are today.
0: I, yeah, I, I totally agree, man. Um, so let's okay, let's kind of talk touch on the the current state of the amateur scene because we're both in it, we're both involved in it. Um, yep. If as far as stuff that could get changed that could be implemented very easily. Um, What are, like, one or two things that you think should be done, like, tomorrow that, you know, like, that don't require a lot of planning, that don't require a lot of backing, that can be done by the amateur scene itself? What would you like to see changed?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, and this is... I feel like there's definitely a gap there today, Um, and I I don't have a great solution for how to fill that gap, but uh, I think it's... More events, you know, we have a lot of like tournaments, like on on uh, Battlefy, for example. Yeah. But I think very few of them are ever more than like two or three hundred dollars tops, and that's maybe if you're lucky once a week you'll see one of those.
0: Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, man. Um,
1: yeah, and you know after you play through all the teams to get that 2 to 300 bucks you know you're looking at like 2 dollars an hour for your players
0: right well, <laughs> so, yeah exactly I, like i mean it's and even if you want to put anything back into the organization right like i mean like the guys get like nothing right it's 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 a sin
1: yeah so what i would say is even if we can't get more money involved then we need to step it up in terms of uh quality of competition and quality of presentation of the competitions okay Okay. um and that's not to say anybody's doing a bad job right now but i think everyone would agree there's a major gap between you know what you see in the production of the amateur scene and like a pro scene and if we could even get like a quarter of the way in between i think that would be a big step in the right direction
0: absolutely because i mean at at that point it presents a better package you know what i mean it gives it gives them something to to look at and be like oh shit these guys are really trying right like Mm -hmm. so yeah no i I totally agree man those are those are two really tangible and like you know easily i wouldn't say easily cheap but definitely with some effort can definitely be done so yeah no i i'm not going to disagree with you there at all um that being said, though, I I, I kind of want to bring you back to a, a point you kind of made earlier, or not so much a point, but like uh, like a, a statement, I guess. Um, if if managers or owners or you know whatever whatever the person calls themselves in their various organizations, because let's be this be straight up, there's a shit ton of us um in the mm-hmm. amateur scene that are like a part of these smaller orgs and stuff like that. <sighs> would you be opposed to trying to basically come together and put something together for right as like, as a presentation for the amateur scene? Would that be something you'd be willing to be a part of? Like if, if, you know, if the organization was there. Oh, hundred percent.
1: You know, if, if right was willing to listen to us, you know, I would put together a PowerPoint presentation tonight and be
0: ready tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh man. No, that's, oh fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome. That's what, like, I mean, that's, and like, that's the thing, like guys like you, like with that kind of passion, like, I mean, that's, that's what Riot's sleeping on, man. Like, and I, like, again, I don't, I don't want to bash Riot because we're both doing what we're doing. We're having this interview all because of their game, all because of their product, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, like, I mean, yeah, like, there, there is people like you that have that drive that are here that want to be a part of it and, like, want to make it happen. So, no, man, like, that's... That's something like, I, like to be to be fully straight up. After a pr- I had a conversation a little while ago with another uh, with another owner, basically in regards to that. But, like, basically, you know, they want to do something, but they they're on the fence and all that good stuff. So that's what that's what the first thing that came to mind is like, fuck. If like it wasn't just one guy, what if a shit ton of us came together and we presented ourselves in a you know a professional manner, right? So they felt, I guess, uh, you know, like they feel like you could back it, and there'd be good people, like you know, a part of it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think maybe if we had, you know, leadership from a lot of the various, you know, orgs in the amateur scene come together, maybe that's something we could make happen. Uh, I just think maybe we've been lacking the organization to get everybody together up till now.
0: I mean, like, again, like, it's it's because we're we're back to the same thing. It's evenings, weekends for a lot of us, right? Like, there's (laughs) very few of us in that position that can make a day job out of this, right? Especially not getting paid. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, man. Um... And that being said, though, how uh, I guess I'll I guess I'll ask it because um, I'm I'm kind of curious. How do you feel about your what you guys are what your guys are against in uh, the UPL and the UML? Because I know you got three rosters going right now. Yeah, yeah.
1: So uh, I think Azio Black and I I get the divisions mixed up. I think they are in the West or the I'm, East.
0: I'm still trying to get used to it. I know you're in our. I know you're with us. I know that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Uh, they had a very front-loaded schedule, I'll say, where they had to play uh, Life Support, who knocked them out of the playoffs last split, yeah. and Zenith, who's you know just perennially one of the best uh, orgs and teams in the amateur scene uh, in Weeks 1 and 2. And we were very uh, happy to come away with wins against both of those teams. And so I think uh, ASIO Black is probably the favorite uh, for that division, um, you know, barring some crazy upsets or something that could happen down the line you never count it out because we have seen it every split of where it happens
0: yeah yeah definitely man how do you uh, how do you feel about things for azio white or as A- am i pronouncing it right azio 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 okay perfect yeah. uh so azio
1: white um and and we do have like inner inter uh team scrims in-house scrims that's what i should call them in-house go. scrims yeah between white and black pretty frequently um and black is the better team, mm-hmm. but uh, white is still really good. I think that white has a really good shot to win their division. I don't think they're going to run away with it like black might. Uh, you know, the the challenge for them is going to be consistency. Yeah, um, they're capable of playing at a very high level, but they have to play at that level consistently. We actually had a game taken off of us by Grunto Esports. I watched uh, that game. <laughs> yeah, and it was a butt-kicking, right? Like, they yeah. killed us game one, and I think everybody was kind of caught off guard because we were expecting to win that 2-0. And then they came out of the gate swinging and knocked us on our asses.
0: Yeah, so, <laughs> no, for sure, man. But
1: uh, uh, I, I I like their chances. It's just a matter of consistency for them, I think.
0: Yeah, no, and I think I think in regards to Grunto, I think there has been some roster swaps for them as well, as as is expected in the amateur scene. But uh, Yeah, that
1: tends to happen with everybody pretty frequently, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, having a consistent roster, even consistent staff, too, is is, is really, really difficult to manage. And that, like, I mean, get, going back to our previous discussion, I think that may be one of the reasons Riot's not doing it, you know what I mean? Because they're afraid of, like, investing anything into a, a scene that is very, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, volatile, I guess, would be probably the best mm-hmm. word to put in it. Yeah,
1: so. it's definitely volatile, and as long as people are are putting their time into something uh, that they're not getting paid for, yeah, uh, it's always going to be volatile. That's and true. That's just a risk that they would have to take uh, if they were to invest in the amateur scene.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I guess my final question, um, because you guys just beat us, is how do you feel about, uh, the uh, your academy roster?
1: Oh boy, academy. <laughs> <laughs> so our academy we we put this team together like the week before registration for minor league and the idea for us was this is going to be a developmental roster yeah you know let's get like some d3 players and you know try to coach them and, and help them reach like d1 master level and then as we go through turnover on our our black and white squads you know we can start to replace them with these guys that are coming up through the academy team yeah and that was the plan. And then what actually happened was we ended up having a whole bunch of master players apply for our academy team. I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> which really caught me off guard. And it's a good problem to have. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we we honestly debated whether or not we should put academy in Premier League or Minor League just because of their solo queue ranks.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, and- it's, it's, it is an incredibly, like strong roster when i initially saw it on the the i guess the announcement sheets i was like holy fuck like these guys these guys are putting like a top squad into you know the uml right
1: Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and i mean truth be told they've even upset white on a number of occasions uh you know either in tournaments or in in-house scrims
0: Damn so man.
1: you know white's probably still the more consistently better team but mm-hmm. you know academy is capable of upsetting them so they can definitely play at a very high level and we expect them to win uh uml
0: man it's a it's a it's a a bold it's a it's a bold boast i guess but i i do appreciate it um i think looking at the rest of the uml i think i think you guys are the favorites to my knowledge um that being said i still hope that we meet you guys in playoffs and you know run you over but i mean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean I, I, i'd be a bad manager if i said if i didn't say that you no, know you're what I mean? right, you're right. <laughs> and, you know honestly
1: that's one thing i love is the banter right like i wish we had more of it in the uh, the amateur scene like more trash talk and not like in a mean nasty way but like the way double lift does it for example in the pro scene yeah. right um, I think he does a great job and he builds stories and that gets people interested and laughing and talking and and that's really good for the scene
0: yeah and I think and I think that may be an, an inherent issue with the scene is like is or with our, our scene sorry um is that that line of banter and flaming somebody else is is kind of a hard line to walk and mm-hmm. I don't I feel like a lot of players either lack the maturity or the experience to know when to stop and or when to say something that's not too offside you know what I mean yeah. No, you're absolutely right.
1: And to be fair, the guys in the pro scene, they go through a lot of coaching on how to interact with the media. Um, So I think they have a pretty solid understanding in the pro scene of where that line is, just because they have professionals who tell them where that line is and uh you know in the amateur scene we don't have that and especially a lot of our players in the amateur scene are are still teenagers
0: oh that's Um, that's just it right like we got guys playing that are like you know 15 16 17 mm -hmm. and there's you know the the life experience isn't there right so right yeah no man no i i I totally agree with you so like i mean it is a fine line of life but rivalries amongst other orgs are are, you know that's that's good that that you know it gives you something to talk about right Right, exactly. It's And I think that's what really
1: gets people interested in the scene, right? Like, mm-hmm. watching the games is exciting, but, you know, those those can fade from memory. But when you have, you know, two players or, or two coaches or whatever going back and forth with each other and it gets people talking and they're like, did you see what he said about <laughs> her? And, you know, vice versa. And it's yeah. just... Uh it makes it fun i think it makes it fun we just have to there you do have to be careful about it crossing that line into nasty where all of a sudden it's flame versus you know just friendly banter and drama
0: yeah ab- absolutely and then and like i mean le- the, the rivalry of rome like that's a big reason i like to watch whenever like mirage and windstorm squared off because you know the, the 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 disdain between the two primarily french organizations is always like i mean it's known you know what i mean like you, like mm-hmm. i know about it i don't i don't i don't know if you're aware of it but like they they do not get along at all, right? So it makes their matches that much more interesting, right? Oh yeah. You know, I'll
1: pop in there, and I don't
0: understand a damn thing in Twitch chat, but it's fun to watch. <laughs> that's true. The Twitch chat is just all French, so you just sit there like, all right, yeah, okay, I can, I can, I can sit here through this. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> we need more of that. That's that's exactly what makes the amateur scene fun, right there. We need more of that for sure.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, like, I guess as a as a closing question, I do I, I want to have for you just because we have touched on banter and flame, um how do you feel the current state of like league culture is um you know with banter and you know uh the language players use and and like i mean because this is this is one old dude to another you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. this isn't something that i don't think you and i ever really interacted with like while we were either like you know playing when we were like starting and stuff like that because i i started playing in season four what about what about you I think I was season six. Okay, so I'm fairly new to the scene, but fairly new. Okay, fair enough. Well, that being said, um, but like, it, like you know, um, how much like Twitch culture has kind of like integrated itself into into league and like how players talk and stuff like that. How do you how do you feel about that? How do you address that as you know another another org manager? That's a great question. Um, and you know, you didn't see that in esports infancy
1: in other games. No, like, you didn't. Uh, I'll I'll go back to StarCraft or, or World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, there might be Trash Talk or even a little bit of Flame, but it it was never to the level of nastiness that you see like in a typical solo queue game.
0: Absolutely, Um, yeah.
1: And I don't know if that's, maybe the culture has changed, maybe it's a generational thing, maybe it's uh, the level of frustration with uh, League of Legends just brings the worst (laughs) out in people. (laughs) I don't know. But, uh, you know... I I do a little bit of uh, individual coaching on the side in addition to ASIO just, uh, you know, as a resume builder. Okay. And the number one question that I get asked every time someone hires me is, uh, it, it starts out as, how can I climb when my teammates
0: are always feeding? Yeah. And like, I mean, and that's like the and that's the immediate thought process is my teammates are shit. How can I get better? You know what I mean? Like, what do I exactly, do? Exactly. Exactly.
1: And I always have to tell them what you're really asking me is how can I keep making good decisions and avoid tilt uh, in a frustrating environment? That's what, you know, they're really asking me through translation. Um, and... It's something I am a big proponent of mute all because I don't I don't think you can control what other people are saying and I don't think we should try to you know unless it's like crazy over the top or anything but <laughs> yeah uh, I think it would just backfire if you tried to you know silence flame in solo queue
0: oh god could you uh, imagine yeah
1: yeah but. Uh, I always tell my players to avoid it because flaming their teammates is not going to make them win a game. It's not going to help them improve their focus when they're playing should be, it should be purpose-driven improvement. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm playing to learn this matchup or to uh, learn this champion or learn how to split push effectively, how to ward effectively, things like that. Um, And if they're, too busy flaming their teammates they're not focusing on improving themselves they're focusing on wins and losses and wins and losses are not what ultimately matter right in solo queue mm-hmm. people might think it is but if you improve and you focus on improving the wins and losses will just come naturally
0: well it's just it right you see you know you're into you're that it, it like the the win loss almost becomes separate and like you the um you know it just either there just ends up racking more there ends up being more wins and losses without you even noticing it you like you know it's because it, you're too busy focusing again like you said on everything else right
1: mm-hmm. exactly
0: yeah no okay well awesome thank you so much chris this is this has been awesome man uh i'm i'm glad you took the interview it's, it's greatly appreciated my friend
1: yeah absolutely thanks for having me i've enjoyed it awesome
0: man all right you have yourself a good night
1: you too see ya all-